going on world welcome to the double up podcast i'm your host double up and we back at it again connecting perspectives man today we got our first guest of the new season tapping in nfl agent ira turner will be joining us to discuss his journey up until this point representing a lot of athletes coming out in this year's upcoming draft but also what it took to earn this position and how do you build credibility in an industry that wasn't built for us let's tap in all right, what's going on, G? What's good, my guy? All good. Had a little, little technical difficulties, but we all good now, man. I appreciate you making the time for this, man. I know you got a lot going on, especially during this time. Is it is it a little more hectic? I know we talked on the phone earlier about this with, with the pandemic going on right mm-hmm. now. How is it recruiting and getting everything going with your agency? and the, the recruiting part? You know, for for us, like we we didn't really miss a beat um, in terms of of getting on the road. We've been on the road, you know, kind of nonstop since uh, I will say July. You know, um, obviously take precautions and, and whatnot. But um, for the players, you know, some of them wanted to kind of do everything virtual. Um, but the, most of the guys, you know, that face to face interaction is, is is where it's at. You know, so that's really what got most of the deals done. No doubt, no doubt. Has it taken a toll on you just personally? I know it's um, a lot of travel that normally goes on right now, but we all have lives and people that are impacted by the pandemic. So how have you been able to just kind of keep things afloat and, and keep your, your mental right as well? Yeah, I mean, for me, like I'm, I would, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself a germaphobe, but I, I was aware of, of you know, uh, my surroundings. Um, but I still ended up getting it, you know. But, you know, luckily it wasn't severe, um, mild symptoms, you know what I mean? But um, just kind of powering through, you know, and, and at the end of the day, just, just you know, knowing that we had to get, get the deal done. So it was, there, you know, making it work. No doubt. And I think that's the, the part that we all realize is no matter how much of a, a germaphobe or you take your hygiene serious, it's, it's a virus. It, it might just be susceptible you might touch one person not even be around a lot of people it's just it's just happenstance and so i see a lot of teams and players and organizations getting impacted by the virus uh how has it been in terms of guys not being able to get that opportunity this year who you think really got a chance to go pro has it really altered the the opportunities or do you see more guys getting a chance since the field is really just open. No, I mean, 100%, you know, a lot of guys lost opportunities. You know, once they narrowed down the teams from from a 90-man roster to an 80-man roster, I mean, that, that cut it. That cut 320 opportunities right there. You know what I mean? And I think some of the changes that were made um, for this year in terms of how CBA worked and how teams operated kind of hurt guys too. You know, one, one instance is – 
of unlimited uh, ability to bring guys back off IR, right? So you put a guy on IR, and typically, you know, you can only do that. You can only bring two guys back in a season. But this year has been unlimited. So, you know, where where you would have had in previous years, okay, you got multiple guys on IR, so you got to bring in other guys and give them opportunities, you know, that opens the door for them. But this year, you, they, they really lost on that because instead of bringing guys back, teams are moving guys up and down on IR the whole season. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's really one aspect that people didn't consider. Um, but a lot of guys lost opportunities because of that. Yeah, and that's 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 hard for guys to understand sometimes that the climate has changed and this isn't the same experience that a lot of rookies would normally have or a lot of free agents would normally have. 100%. It, does, does, does it kind of make it so that there needs to be way more value in terms of a, a personal relationship or is it strictly business still? Because I feel like as a player, I wouldn't necessarily understand. Like, I, I get it's a pandemic, but, like, what? why things aren't going the same. I see them still playing ball. I still see people making money, signing contracts. Like, what, what do you place the amount of weight that you have to put into that relationship and getting that trust with your guys to understand that? Yeah. So, so for us, you know, we have a personal relationship with, with the guys. So the understanding was there, you know, um, with the players themselves. I think the, the, where, where the communication kind of fell off was with like with their family. So they, they got their families saying, Hey, you know, or the mom, or, or Hey, why isn't my son getting an opportunity? You know, but we, we try to, uh, you know, be transparent and that communication open from the beginning. Um, and let them know, look, you know, this is not like any other year that anyone's ever experienced, right? So things are done completely different. You know, teams teams went from having uh, unlimited access to bringing guys in for workouts, trials, and visits, so now they can only bring in five guys a week for for, for all of that. <laughs> you know, so some teams are, are taking advantage of it and using the five guys per week. Some teams, you know, may not bring in any guys because they don't want to waste the the um, the the guys if they if they have the you know have to bring in somebody for injury or something like that you know. Yeah. But I think you know to answer your question, it's all communication. You know, being open and honest, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, we we can't force teams to come in and work guys out. You know, we can advocate for our players, um, but but at the same time, if the team doesn't want to bring the guy in or or you know they want to operate a certain way, that's what they're going to do. No, that's facts. It's only so much you can do as the agent and helping the guys understand that too. It's, it, it's a lot that goes off of the relationships that you have established and uh, the foundation of the type of person that you are. For, yeah. for you coming into the game, what did you see the role of an agent as? Like when you was growing up, did you always want to be an agent and, and see yourself as somebody who could manage athletes and empower them or, what, what was just your view? How, how did you get into this? Yeah, truth be told, um, I've given it any thought growing up. You know, I play ball, so that's that's what I did, you know. Um, and, you know, my, my naivety was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go play in the NFL not knowing, you know, like everyone's not going to get that opportunity, you know. So for me, um, you know, I went through the process as a player, um, hired an agent, you know, went through the process of – who do I choose? You know, who, who's going to do a good job for me? Um, and, and what I really saw was that personal relationship 
part missing. You know what I mean? It, it was all business, you know, which is fine. The business has to be done. But without that personal relationship, if you don't care about the client, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the level of service is just not going to be there, you know, because, and it, you know, part, the, the, the biggest job for an agent is not only to get your contract done, you know, because that, that's really a small part of it. Right. Contract, the business is going to take care of itself, but able to have a personal relationship with the player, you know what I mean? Like that, that's what brings everything all together. And for me, that that's what was missing in the, in the process. So, you know, to answer your question, no, I didn't always want to be an agent, you know, but I, you know, going through the process and then, you know, my brother became an agent after, after I had, I had already exhausted my, my time. And then a good friend of mine that I played uh, college ball with became an agent as well. So, was, I was kind of watching that process and I was like, you know what, I could do this. You know, I, I would still be around the game. I knew I didn't want to coach, um, you know, when I have a, um, an affinity for business, for numbers, you know. So I'm like, OK, I can take my love for ball and, and use it on the business side and help these guys, you know, reach their potential and, and get to where they want to be in life as an NFL player. Yeah. yeah and I think kind of understanding that perspective as a player is powerful and a lot of people haven't walked that path and don't understand what it's like to have to make that decision for choosing your agent and right knowing that this this representation it, it could mean a lot for my career when you were making that that choice to take me back to, to young ira the baller going into the league were you thinking that i, I needed a guy that already had the resume or were you thinking that maybe I should take a chance on somebody new? So the agent that I ended up hiring was actually new. Um, and he was recommended by another friend of mine who ended up signing with him. Um, so so that's really kind of, you know, why I signed with the person I signed with. It wasn't, you know, anything else beyond that. You know, it was my first time going through the process. I didn't know anything. You know, I hadn't known, I hadn't known anyone that had gone through it. Um, so, you know, it, it was really new. You know, my, you know, my pet, my dad, he didn't, he didn't know any of the process, you know what I mean? So I was really kind of out there on my own. Um, so, so the advantage that, you know, like if my, my kids decide to, to play the sport, you know, the advantage is, okay, dad, dad's going to handle it. You know what I mean? Like my parents had never gone through that, never experienced it. So it was, it was, it was a tough, tough, tough kind of situation. Yeah. What, what did you play your, your college ball at? I played down here at Miami at FIU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, there wasn't a, a class of guys or a lot of people that were going to the league at that time. No, so so I started at FIU. It was the very first team, you know. So wow. so my class was the first class to actually graduate from the football team. Hey, salute today! I started some facts. Yeah, sir. So once once you understood that. Football wasn't going to pan out. It wasn't going to be the the ten years in the league and having your face on the Madden cover. Like, right. what was that transition period like when you knew, I right, man, I got to start to to shift gears? Were you already exposed to things in life that prepared you for that, or was it kind of a, a misunderstood dark time for you? Uh, I mean, I, I think it, you know, I graduated with an undergrad in business, so. You know, for me, I knew I was going to do something in that field, um, either whether it was finance or, or working in accounting or uh, technology. 
Um, my main kind of focus in, in terms of my education was technology. So uh, my undergrad degree was in information systems. Um, so I, I worked in that field for a few years and I'm like, okay, I like this and I enjoy it, but am I passionate about it? So that, so the answer to the passion about the question was, was, was no, I'm not passionate. It's something I'm good at. I can do, you know, but the passion wasn't there, you know? So for me, I'm like, um, and, and watching those people, uh, work in the, in the sports field, you know, that's what I'm like, okay, that, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And is it? Is it important to identify the difference? Because a lot of people think that what they're good at is what they need to put majority of their time in. Other people believe what you're passionate about is what you should put majority of your time in. How, how did you find that balance? Because I'm sure you had to pay the bills at some point before you were just uh, aging in the game, getting checks off that. Right. No, I, th I think it's very important to know the difference. You know, a lot of people, um, like you said, get kind of caught up in, in what they call the rat race in terms of doing something that you're good at or something that you make, you can make a lot of money doing, you know? Um, but in life for me, you know, I feel like life is too short to just work a nine to five, just, just to, you know, pay the rent, keep the lights on, you know, pay your car note for me, you know, I'm all about, Hey, find, find something in life that you're passionate about and, and do that, you know, cause like they say, man, if you, if you do that, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. It'll feel like work. Right up. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna put in some work. It's gonna be a grind, but that that vision and that goal is gonna be so beautiful that like, all right, man, I don't mind going ahead handling this today because I know what we're going to. Absolutely. When, when when you have guys, and I've been a player. I know a lot of guys who who get frustrated with representation. They feel like, oh man, my agent ain't doing this or. I got to go sign with this guy to do this. Like, what are some of those common misconceptions about what you're actually able to make happen as an agent? And also some of the expenses that you got to cover that guys don't always take account for. Um, I mean, travel for one, you know, travel adds up, you know, the, the you know, airline tickets, the, you know, the rental cars, the hotels, like that adds up, you know, but, you know, some of the misconceptions are, um, you know, certain agents, you know, don't, don't the relationship with the teams, bro, trust me, if you're a player, you know, whether, whether your agent has 30 years of experience or three years of experience, a team, a team's going to come and get that player, you know, mm -hmm. regardless of who the agent is now for, for me in particular, and, and, you know, my, my organization, you know, we have relationships throughout the league. Like we can call any GM, any VP, you know, but at the same time, if I if I call them about a guy they want, the energy is different than me calling them about a guy that I'm trying to sell to them. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know that that that's a true misconception. Like, hey, uh, agent with with contacts can can get you on a team. That's not true. <laughs> you know, if a team doesn't want you, they're not going to sign you, regardless of who your agent is. No, that's facts and. A, a lot of guys don't understand that it's not just ability that goes into who makes the roster. What, what are some of the situations that you've seen or heard of where, you know, a guy's a player, but it, it just didn't fit? Um, I think it, with, with that being the case, you know, a lot of times the, the player has the ability to be in the league. Um, I, I think sometimes the play, players miss the boat on, and the most important part, 
You know, yeah, you got to have the ability and, and the skill set. But at the same time, you have to learn how to be a professional. You know, so there are a lot of guys that should be in this league right now that are not anymore because, you know, that being a pro part is missing. Right. And what do I mean by that? You know, that's making making sure your business is taken care of, making sure your 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 nutrition is taken care of in the offseason. You're not just off partying and, and drinking and you know, spending money at the you know, bottles and clubs stuff, but investing investing in them, themselves, right? Showing up the training camp he- uh, healthy, you know, at a, at the right weight, you know, in shape, you know, uh, for 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 guys that can do all those things, you know, get in the playbook, learn the playbook. You know, that's the the biggest part of being a pro, you know, for guys that can do that, they increase their value and, and create longevity for themselves in this league. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you see that that preparation, the guys that come out who are highly touted versus the guys who come out who may be undrafted free agents? And I've seen it firsthand. The talent difference ain't always that much different. Like maybe for the first, second round, guys, it's it's a little gap. But after that, it's pretty much league guys. Everybody's about in that batch. What, what, yeah. what would you say to the to the young guy that's coming out that isn't necessarily a highly touted draft pick, but doesn't understand that just because I signed the contract as a fourth round pick, fifth, sixth, or even free agent. I'm not really, really in the NFL like I think. Like, have you had conversations with guys or do they understand that going into it? Yeah, honestly, what I tell guys, I'm like, look, you know, yeah, you made it like we hear, but the work that you put in to get here, you're going to have to work twice, three times hard to stay in this league. You know, there are guys that, you know, are just happy signing their name on the dotted line. And, and yeah, I'm an NFL player. I play for such and such team. That team will cut you, <laughs> you know. Like uh, you, you're not you're not a guaranteed spot just because you got drafted. You know, um, there are undrafted free agents that are going to get in there and and work their butt off to to take your spot. You know, yeah. and you and I tell guys, look, like every year somebody's going to be coming for your position. You know, so you got to keep keep the in grind mode, stay working. You know, like you want to be there because if not, somebody's going to come in there and take your spot. Oh, yeah, and the business aspect of it, the, the team would prefer to find somebody cheaper that could do Absolutely. it better. <laughs> so if you're not coming there sharp and proving why you deserve that contract, like like Stefan Diggs, three touchdowns Monday night, that's right. why the men getting paid. But you yep. got other guys who get in that contract, and they think it's just sweet, but everything ain't guaranteed in the league. And sure. once they reach you, whatever was guaranteed, for you being on the roster next year, you, you're not getting that no more. And so yeah. a situation like like Dwayne Haskins just recently happened, uh, a first-round draft pick, a brother who we all wanted to succeed in the league, now it's a drastically different future for him. How, 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 did, you, how did you react to that when you first saw it? And what what's some of the lessons that you think the youngest should learn from that situation? You know, I, I wasn't completely surprised by it. You know, just because of you know how he was carrying himself. You know what I mean, off the field. You know, it, it, as I stated, like that. If that, if that, dead, especially as a quarterback, you know, that's a that's a different animal. You know, um, as as a QB, you know, you really got to be the first one in the building every day and the last one out. You know, and to be, you know, 
and you know, partying and in a strip club and stuff like that during the pandemic when you know, like, hey, this is gonna be a bad look for the organization and, and for my team if if I'm caught doing this stuff. And and to do it anyway, you know, it, it's just bad choices, you know. And it's unfortunate. He's he's a kid, you know. Um, for me, it's like I don't I don't know where the direction or the leadership is in, in his life, but I hope he can turn it around. Like I hope this is a wake up call for him. Um, because I, I think he's a talented player. I, st- I still think he can play in this league and, and hopefully he'll get another opportunity. Um, and then just what he does with it, it'll be, it'll be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, does that make you cautious or do you look at the landscape? Because they always judge us. They always group us together off of one of us making a mistake. They're like, all right, that's how the, that's how the brothers act in the league. That's how the black quarterbacks act. And, you kind of got to do some judging and recruiting of character as well when you choosing the clients that you want to represent. So, so how do you go about just, just evaluating that? Is it just a real man to man conversation? Do you talk to people around them? How do you make sure that you're not in a situation where you wake up and a guy who you just made millions of dollars to change his life is cut because of some decisions that he made? Yeah, I think it's very important to not only recruit players that are talented, but recruit players that have high character, you know. And for us, like that, that's really a, a very important part on the guys that we sign, you know. If we reach out to uh, an NFL team and, you know, ask them, hey, you know, what do you have on this guy? And the report that they give us on the character is, is terrible, we'll probably walk away from that player. You know, just because you may wind up in a situation like this where you put up all the money to, to train and, and, you know, the pre-draft process and the marketing advances, et cetera, et cetera, and not make that money back. You know, and on top of that, you have you now have the the stress, added stress of dealing with that players off the field issues. And, and now you got to find it. You know, this guy a new job because he wasn't mentally prepared to do what he needed to do, you know? And, and unfortunately for Dwayne, like I saw him and his agent, um, you know, they went, they went the separate ways, which is unfortunate because for me, I, I, and I tell my guys, like, look, I look at this as a lifetime commitment. You know, you join in a family and we're going to be family for life, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough that, that him and, and that agent couldn't work out whatever differences they had. Um, I'm not sure what kind of relationship that was there, but, uh, it's just unfortunate to see somebody have to go through that. Yeah, for sure. Cause you would think that that we understand each other the most, the uh, the situations we grew up in, where we come from, and the things that people on the outside might not consider. They might just see the the bottom line, the uh, the business aspect of yep. it, and might not want to work with somebody. And so, what do you see the the disconnect? Because me personally, when I was coming up and choosing my agent, I wasn't educated to the true value of having a black agent. The, mm-hmm. the true value of not only the, the the social understanding, but the economics when it breaks down. And that changes into a, a new paradigm, a perspective, a position that we see ourselves in. Well, yeah. Why do you think that it, it, it takes a lot of guys like me to be on the other side of it to, to really see the value and how can we change that? I think for me, like the, the value is I can look across the table and I can relate to you, 
you know, I know I, I, I can relate to your background, your upbringing, because it was the same way that I was brought up. You know what I mean? Um, I, I can see my brother and you. I can see you as, as a uh, cousin, a nephew or even my son, you know, and, and the empathy to me changes, you know, because I can understand your background and how you were brought up. I can relate to you. I can I can pull you aside and say, look, this is a path that you're going down. This is what needs to be changed. You know what I mean? And this is how we're going to do it. You know, and I feel like having that, uh, that kind of relationship with the player, they, they take it and they're like, OK, you know, I'm, I'm really going to listen to him because he, he knows me. You know, he gets me, you know, whereas if, if I was, you know, a different race and didn't really know how, how that guy was brought up or couldn't understand, I would just say, oh, it's just another dumb football player, you know, that that got money and, and, and bought jewelry and did whatever, didn't invest. And, you know, for, for me, like, I think you have to be able to relate to the player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the value, the, the true understanding that you have with an agent is, I feel like, something that should be lifelong, meaning that, okay, we might not necessarily have a business relationship lifelong, but I should look at you as somebody that I trust as a mentor that whenever I'm thinking about my next moves in life, I could depend on you to be in my corner. And I think when we also don't understand that these are real, real industries and families that are growing and prospering off of black athletes, you know, they actually have, created this entire system where the athlete is the cog. Um, they hire these managers, financial advisors, um, anybody that could find a way to get a piece of the pie, but that doesn't distribute back into the community in the way no. that you would expect. And I'm not even just talking about charitable do- donations or, or grants, but just people, actual people who are from where you're from, who look like you, who are right. able to prosper and actually benefit off of some of the the work and the effort that they put behind you to succeed. And it's not about trying to put everybody on because you you can't put everybody on. But what you can do is demonstrate a system where if you have value, I can connect you with somebody else to where you can take care of yourselves and your loved ones as well. How how do you, this is a two-part question. Why do you think that the, black athlete has always felt like he needed white representation to prosper. And do you think that it's intentional? I I think that for a long time, you know, since, since the, the guys felt like they needed a white face because that's what the GMs were. That's what the front office guys were in the NFL. You know what I mean? So they, they looked at it like, okay, that that white face can open the door that a black face may not be able to do. You know, I think it's a misconception because like, like I said, I have contacts that all, all throughout the league, some, some white, some black, you know what I mean? But it's the, it's the same contact that whatever white face you were going to hire has, you know, so I have the same reach, you know, but for, for some reason, you know, there are a lot of guys that are able to convince these young, young brothers that, Hey man, I can open these doors for you. I have all these connections. Look at look at my history. You know, I mean that's cool. You know, but I feel like the landscape is changing. You know, especially with all the social just uh, justice movements that are going on right now. I think a lot of guys are 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 kind of getting hyped to or hip to, 
you know, the fact that, hey, I, I you know, maybe I, I hold all the power, you know, so maybe I don't need that white face to do what I need to do to be successful in the NFL, you know. And truth be told, a lot of the meetings that we took this year were, were players saying, like, look, I want my agent to be black, you know, and it's really the first time that I've experienced that, you know. Wow. And, and to me, it's, it's eye-opening. It's, it's, it's a great kind of experience. I'm like, okay, these, these guys are starting to get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they, I feel like some of the other agencies or agents have kind of tried to downplay, you know, having a black agent for whatever reason. But, you know, the more the young players are educated in terms of, you know, look, they have the same certifications. They have the same access. I'm, I'm the product. And once guys realize, yo, they are, they are the product and they hold the power, I think you'll see a paradigm shift in terms of what the representation is going to be in, in, as agents um, and representing these guys. No, that's facts. It's definitely already the ball rolling. It's not going to stop. When, when I ask, is it intentional? I mean, I always see so much division. Like I don't really see as much unity amongst black agents and amongst um, so-called white allies who are okay with with white age. I mean, black agents ascending and, and 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 getting these contracts. Like it's 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 all good when when the black agents is is cool and and just in the middle of the ranks. But as we start to rise and start to get these bigger contracts, it's mm-hmm. it's a different type of energy in the room like do, do you feel like there's there's real pushback against the the agenda for for players to have black agents um i haven't really experienced it you know personally but could it be intentional i think it's more of a trickle down intentional intentional aspect of it you know because like i said if the, the more you know, black faces are in, in NFL front offices and in the you know in the ranks there. I feel like the more relationships they'll have with uh, young black agents because they'll look at it like, hey, you know, I, I want to help this this guy succeed. You know what I mean? So anytime he reaches out for, to me for information, I'll be more willing to give it to him than I would any other uh, individual. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like it's been that for year, been like that for years for other um, you know, non-black agents because you know the the relationship has been there with with front office personnel, you know, and, and it's more like it's a relationship thing. Like if I if I can see you and relate to you, I'm gonna have a better relationship with you. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's really what it's been. Um, but the more of us that you that you start to see involved in in NFL front offices. I think that that shift will happen as well. Yeah, that's fact. That that trickle down effect. That's that's spot on, man. Because it's got to be a top down approach. It's only the people that's in power that make decisions that can really make change. But for you, what, what why why did you take the route of going with agency one as opposed to just saying I'm gonna work for the biggest agency or try to get going that route? So, so like I said, my, you know, my brother has been an agent for years uh, as well. Um, and he's worked for bigger agencies as well. And, and, you know, I, I kind of started that in that realm, but the more we thought about it, you know, for us, it was just like, yo, like we really should work on starting our own thing, you know? So we got, 
with a, with a, um, a group of people that were like-minded um, and we re- re- really putting something special together, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the players that we currently represent in the league to the class that we were having this year. Um, you know, it, it's really going to surprise a lot of people. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to change that dynamic of can a, a group of black agents work together, you know, um, because everyone, everyone's in the same mindset. You know, we have the same vision, we have the same goal. Um, and that's what's going to drive us to success. Uh, I feel like for, you know, having that boutique style agency, number one, it allows you to have a better relationship with your clients. Right. Yeah. And, and number two, it allows you to be more hands on and have a, a, a say in kind of what what happens, you know, who you sign, um, how the agency is run, you know, the, the, the real decisions that need to be made. Like you and I think I think you cut out right at the end, but I know you said the real decisions that needed to be made and yeah, no, so so yeah, so you have a, re- a real hand or a real a part in those in those decisions versus uh someone just telling you how things are gonna operate, you know. Yeah, yeah, especially when it comes to, to your money and your future. You wanna be as involved and trust the people around you in a way that it, it, it doesn't just seem like it's it's for y'all benefit. It's for it's about me and it's about us all figuring out a way that we can push this shit forward as opposed to just being the ones that's peddling it and making it happen. So Absolutely. when you get to your next phase, because it's, it's, it's about to be grind time and it's about to be a lot of different people that are trying to do this. Are there ways that you try to separate yourself and, and make sure that, that agency one can still be the, the most viable option for clients? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really that personal touch um, with, with the clients and having that that personal relationship with all of the guys. Um, that's really the difference, you know, and it, it'll show in the contracts that we've done um, and the contracts that that we're about to get done. Um, you know, we have some guys that have been in this league, you know, 11 years, you know, that have done third deals. Um you know, guys that have been in the league nine years that are about to do their third their third deal, you know, to, to get them over that closer to that hundred million dollar mark, you know. But I feel like the the longevity with with the the, the clients that we currently have and, and the relationships that we have with them, and then the new guys that are coming in, I feel like we you know we we really gonna make a splash in in this year's class and and use that to propel ourselves to continue to to kind of grind and, and move this thing forward. Yeah, man. I, I love what you got going over there, man. Anytime I see a, a brother that is a part of an agency that they have ownership in and they really put that vision together and you 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 outside. When I met you, you was at the bar at the combine, like build a relationship. That's right. that's that's game in itself and uh just the the type of ambition I, I sense from you, I, I know it's going to go far. When you, you talk to youngins who are thinking about uh, becoming an agent and possibly having an old agency, not not to give away y'all secret sauce, but what's just some of the guidelines or some things that you like, damn, I didn't know about this until I got into it, that you could prepare them for when they walk that path? Uh, you mean like a new agent coming in? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I mean, for the, for that player, I would just, I mean, for that agent, I was just like, look, you know, it, it's not all about what's on that agency exam um, because the majority of this work is not, it's not in that book. You know what I mean? Um, you, you know, you really have to be a people person um, to succeed in this game. Um, not only to, to know the, the CBA frontwards and backwards, but, you know, being a being a people person and, and able to build relationships throughout the league, throughout kind of this industry, because it's, it's more than just front office people. You know, you got uh, facilities that working that are working guys out. Um, you got financial advisors. You have uh, their families. You know, moms, dads, parents, girlfriends. So we're, we're dealing with that from all from all aspects. It's like you're involved in this player's life. You know, on the field and off the field. So it, it's a lot that goes into it. So I. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just make sure that they know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Because like you say, what's in that book ain't what's gonna get you these clients and what's gonna get you an actual career in this. You might have a, a hot little run, but it's like Jay Z say, you want to be here for a moment or you want to be Ralph Lauren Polo been here for decades. Goddamn. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. When when I try to make my next moves in life, I'm I'm really measuring off inspiration how many people i could change their perspective how many people i could give an opportunity to do what they love and you're able to actually have a career doing something that you love around the game that you grew up playing and and transitioning to impacting other players now what what's been the most rewarding part of that whole experience and that transition with with the with the game of football so, so a big part for me is, is you know, when guys get that phone call on draft day um, from the from the NFL team, just watching, you know, not only their face light up, but mom, dad, you know, their face light up. Every, everyone's hugging, and you know, you like look like that that guy's dream. So that's one part of it. You know, the second part is watching guys get to that uh, second that second third deal to where. Not only is their life set, you know, for for the rest of their life, but their family's set up. You know, over over the summer, we had uh, one of our clients called us. You know, you know, this guy's on the tail end of his career. He's been in the league 10, 11 years, and you know, he just bought his dream house. You know, so he was actually, you know, walking through the house, and he he called us on Facetime. Was like, look, man, I thank y'all because I'm I'm walking through my dream house right now. We're about to purchase this. You know, so so watching guys. Uh, dreams come true and, and, and see them, you know, that they're able to take care of their families. And once this game is over, they don't have to go work. They can, they have the choice. They can either retire and do what they want or they can work if they want to, you know, watching guys, you know, walk through that phase. Um, that That's the most rewarding part for me. No, that's real, man. When you're able to see the growth in these guys, because they come in as fresh out of college and right. you, you you see some guys get married, have kids, and like you say, purchasing dream homes and become career men doing other things like that. That perspective is powerful, man. And so I just salute what you're doing, G. Uh, like, like I don't know too many black agents that, that's doing it. And the ones that I do know, I try to keep a relationship with because I do want to shine a light on y'all and, and let the people know that it ain't about uh, what you thought the old ways were when it comes to representation is mm-hmm. about finding quality people who have experience, but also have your best 
your best <laughs> at heart. No, nah, man, I just, you know, appreciate what you're doing in terms of uh, shedding a light on, on you know, uh, guys like myself and, and, and um, that are doing things the right way um, that that don't just see these guys as a dollar sign and, and um, really care about them as people, you know, want to see them succeed on and off the field. So um, just appreciate what you're doing um, in terms of that. Uh, and, then, and then just to kind of, you know, letting guys know um, from your experience, you know, because you because like I say, you've been through this, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and just, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, bro. Right on, man. I'm going to definitely keep it rocking, G. I got to get your, uh, your address, man, because I'm going to send you a hat. I, I brand real is rare. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, Right on. It's all about being authentic and people never compromising their character up the ladder. So you definitely a real one, man. So uh, to all the audience members tapped in today, uh, next episode is going to be our last of the year. But plenty more coming in 2021. Uh, Ira, we're going to definitely be tapped in soon. Enjoy your New Year's Eve celebration, whatever you got plans, or you you, you quarantined in. I'm I'm just chilling, man. I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep it low key this year. <laughs> that's real. That's real, man. We you definitely take care until the next time, man. We're gonna double up. You too, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir.